hospital. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Hey, cassettes, and welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries. Black Case Diaries. You. (laughs) I'm Marcy, and I'm here with... Adam. And Robin. Yeah. That's right. Today... We are going to talk about something that is very dear to my heart, one of my favorite things ever. All right. So, yeah. (laughs) Fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. That doesn't sound too bad, right? Today, we're talking about the greatest love story ever told. It tells of a love so pure it can be simplified to three words. As you wish. The Princess Bride galloped, soared, and leapt into theaters in the fall of 1987 and has left a lasting mark on American culture ever since. So gather close and get ready for some adventure. And don't worry, this isn't a kissing movie. So this was based on a book. Yes, believe it or not, the movie is based on William Goldman's book of the same name. But luckily, he also supplied us with a screenplay for the film as well. Aha! Yes. <clears throat> yes, that, that is how it stayed so faithful. Best case scenario, I think. Mm-hmm. For sure. Goldman was a master storyteller. His range varied from dramas, westerns, war, fantasy, horror, and much more. Movies such as Butch Cassidy and The Sundance Kid from 1969 and All the President's Men from 1976 won him Best Original Screenplay and Best Adapted Screenplay. Very yeah. nice. It's really good that he was a writer of like novels and also a screenwriter. So then he could make that switch, you know, because mm-hmm. that's the issue a lot of the time. That's why when a book turns into a movie, the person who wrote the novel doesn't usually write the screenplay. Mm-hmm. And it's because sometimes they're just not good at it. Yeah. There's I a, mean, there's yeah. a lot more that goes into yeah either one you know it's yeah they're the mediums are so different and that's that's why Jurassic park is a good adaptation <laughs> too because michael Crichton worked on that screenplay too i don't know if you oh, wrote, yeah. it, wrote it entirely but it's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing so it, mm-hmm. it yeah. like i said best case scenario i think it lends itself really well to to getting a good adaptation so michael Crichton also wrote the screenplay for westworld so he also wrote just screenplays too aha mm-hmm. there you go thank you Surprisingly, his first try at writing screenplays was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It was actually bought by 20th Century Fox for, at the time, a record-breaking $400,000. Wow. My goodness. Your first thing that you do, your first screenplay, you get that much for it. Yeah, half a million. Damn. In an NPR article, he reportedly told New York Times back in 1979 that I'm not a screenwriter. I'm a novelist who writes screenplays. This, of course, was after he had already written and adapted a whopping 10 screenplays, including The Stepford Wives and Marathon Man. He would later go on to adapt Stephen King's novel Misery in 1990 and co-wrote Chaplin, starring Robert Downey Jr. in 1992. My goodness. It's a lot. Yeah. When, it, when writing his book about the Hollywood industry titled Adventures in the Screen Trade, it came with a quote in the beginning that simply said, nobody knows anything. Now, isn't that the truth? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. They're all just kind of guessing, mm-hmm. doing the best they can, and some things work and some things don't. Right. So. Well, they need to work on it yeah. more, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. In his original foreword to the book, he discusses how his father read S. Morgan Stern's book when he was sick in bed from pneumonia. He describes himself as a boy that loved sports and not books. So when his father wanted to read him The Princess Bride, he naturally asked if it had any good sports in it. His father replied, Fencing, fighting, torture, poison, true love, hate, revenge, giants, hunters, bad men, good men, beautifulest ladies, snakes, spiders, (laughs) beasts, and all... Beasts of all natures and descriptions. Pain, death, brave men, coward men, strongest men, chases, escapes, lies, truths, passions, and miracles. Good grief. (laughs) (laughs) So much, but very similar to the beginning of the movie. 
Goldman was able to fool a lot of people into thinking that this was actually an abridgment of a book by S. Morgenstern, <laughs> who does not exist. He had so many people fooled that there is a scene that he does not include in the book that tens of thousands of people wrote to him asking him for it. <laughs> <laughs> he had a reply that he would send saying that Morgenstern's lawyers would not allow it. And we'll include this in the blog. The scene was the reunion between Buttercup and Wesley. Aww. Wow. Hilarious. Yeah. And he stuck to it. He stuck to yeah. it. Every time anybody sent him a letter asking him for that reunion scene, mm-hmm. he sent them that letter saying, nope, <laughs> S. Morgenstern's lawyers won't allow it. <laughs> Even now in 2020. <laughs> yep. And there was supposedly a, a sequel called Buttercup's Baby, which he wrote the first chapter of and put it in the, in the you know, at the end of the book. And, Interesting. But it never came to fruition hmm. because... He claimed that S. Morgenstern's lawyers wouldn't let him. You know, if you feel like your story's been told, sure, you can kind of shoehorn some more stuff in. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. But if you really feel like your story's been told and there's nothing else you want to do or feel that needs to be done, then just stop. Yeah. I like that he played into the fantasy of S. Morgenstern by continuing, by writing one chapter of the next story. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Yeah. (laughs) He had such a way... That he was able to blend making fun of stories such as these while also reveling in the story. As he was writing this book, he came to the part where he kills off Wesley. Wesley dies. And he didn't know how to rescue Wesley when he was writing the book. When he realized he could not save Wesley and wrote the words that he lay dead next to the machine, he cried and he couldn't believe what he had done. So this book was very special to him. Wow. This was his favorite yeah. his favorite book, his favorite thing that he made really. Mhm. Yeah. And so he really he really connected to it even when he was writing it. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. That's something that's really interesting about writing. When you're writing stories and you have these characters and you've established them and they have their they start to get kind of these minds and these lives of their own. And even though you're controlling what's happening to them, there comes a point where you don't feel like you are anymore. And mm-hmm. it gets to an issue where, you know, a situation like that where he kills him off and people who aren't who who didn't write the book might ask, "Well, just don't kill him." And it's like <laughs> yeah. that that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. I can't just not kill him. Mm-hmm. You know, it it can be it's just such a, a strange feeling, but it's mm-hmm. like your story's kind of become real to you and you feel like this is just what happens like i can't just magically say he lives right (laughs) you know the universe you've created has rules you get to a point where you think well this is just this has got to be how it is Mm -hmm. i you know the situation builds up to the point where really based on those rules Mm -hmm. you can't you can't avoid it yeah it just really feels like it's not in your control anymore (laughs) Yeah, yeah. When it gets to a certain point and it's, yeah. you know, I've written characters before and while I'm writing them, I know they're going to die. It doesn't make me sad necessarily, but when, you know, I'm writing, I know <laughs> they're going to die and I just know because I just know. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, I didn't decide, I didn't have hold a court and was like, <laughs> you are condemned to death, you know. Yeah. It's just, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I I actually read this book quite a few years ago actually by now really and i really enjoyed it the awesome thing about this is if you love this movie please read the book because it gives so much more depth to each of these characters you learn more about how Fezzik comes to be and vicini comes to be and inigo especially like inigo <laughs> you, you really get to see his progression and even prince humperdinck you get to see more about him because he actually is a really big hunter in the books. He actually has this entire place built called the Zoo of Death. And there's just like different tiers wow. of dangerousness. And so in the book, that is what Wesley has to go against and overcome is come through all these different levels of danger. So if you really want more detail in that, 
go read the book because it, it it the movie is a really really good at adaptation but you get a lot more in the book all right so the making of the movie let me explain the movie first no wait there's too much let me sum up <laughs> So the Princess Bride begins when a young boy is sick in bed and his grandfather comes to read him a story. And uh, the young boy is not thrilled (laughs) (laughs) that he has to put down his video game. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to a boring book. Yeah, Yeah. to listen to this book. And it's it's very true. That's exactly how kids are. Mm -hmm. Especially with the, you know, from the perspective of a young boy, the... Not really exciting name of Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the story follows a young couple named Wesley and Buttercup. And Wesley is a hand on Buttercup's farm until he sails off to find good fortune, but then gets captured by the dread pirate Roberts. <gasps> oh no. And is presumed dead. <gasps> and in this time frame, she becomes betrothed to Prince Humberdink. Oh, that's just unfortunate. <laughs> Can somebody explain to me what the difference between a pirate and a dread pirate is? <laughs> well, see, the dread pirate is the leader of the regular pirates, uh, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's the most dreaded. Yes. Yeah, okay. Of them, of them all. He's done the most pirating, I think. Right. Okay. So Princess Buttercup is betrothed to Prince Humperdinck. Mm-hmm. And Prince Humperdinck is bad. And he wants there to be a war between a neighboring country. Gilda. Yeah. And they're, they're the country of Florin, right? Yes. And so what he does is he hires these three guys, Vicini, Fezzik, and Anigo, to stage Buttercup's kidnapping and blame it on a neighboring country to start war. While this is happening, they are pursued by a mysterious man in black, <gasps> who it turns out is actually Wesley. <gasps> What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, you could just read the beginning again. Um, fencing, fighting, torture, revenge. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <back> that. <laughs> so Rob Reiner, after doing Spinal Tap and The Sure Thing, yeah. realized that people make movies from books. And so he thought about ones that he enjoyed. And he thought of a very special one from his childhood and called Goldman, hoping to make his and found out that Goldman had been trying for years to make this movie a reality. Whoa. Yeah. It felt a lot of times the funding fell through or things like that. So Goldman thought it was never going to happen. It was never going to be made into a movie, which made him sad because he wanted it. Yeah. So when they finally got it together, and they had their first table read. <laughs> That's when Mandy Patinkin, who plays Nigo Montoya, and Andre the Giant, who plays Fezzik, they met, and they were going over their lines for the scene. This very particular scene, I believe, is where Inigo has become drunk, and yeah. he, he's upset because he's waiting for Vicini to come back. Andre's supposed to be nursing him back to health. And as Andre was saying his lines really slow, Mandy Patinkin would tell him, Fezzik, faster. But each time he would say it at that same slow pace. (laughs) So finally, Mandy shouted, faster, Fezzik, and slapped Andre. (laughs) Can you imagine that? Slapping Andre Andre the the Giant. giant. Apparently, though, it worked because Andre got better at his lines and was able to concentrate more. <laughs> what if what if after the slap, he just uses one hand and just picks her up by the face and no. is like, I'll read these lines however I want to read these lines and just set her back down. Wouldn't you? Yeah, amazing. Mandy Patikin is, he is eccentric. Uh, he's an eccentric guy. And I think, you know, he did a lot of Broadway, mm-hmm. and he's very talented. He's a very talented actor. He's a good singer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just, this is the only thing I ever thought of him until he did Criminal Minds years <laughs> later. This is like, I, I can't imagine him as anything else. Yeah, same. So the entire movie was really shot in England, with their base being Sheffield. 
The one shot, though, that was filmed in L.A. was the close-up of the grandfather, played by Peter Falk, saying, as you wish, at the end. Okay, so the whole bedroom scene wasn't shot in L.A.? No, no. Apparently only the scene, the little clip of him turning back and saying, as you wish. Did they recreate the bedroom so that... (laughs) For that. I guess so, or maybe just that little corner where he stands. <laughs> oh my god! A green screen. Or <laughs> wow. But yeah, that's um, what Rob Reiner said. Nice. So, wow. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these scenes. The scenes in the movie. Yeah. Sure. You excited? <laughs> this is a movie podcast. There's so many. What? So Fan many TV podcasts. Since when? <laughs> All right. So. There's a scene with the shrieking eels. This is when Robin Wright's character, Buttercup, has been caught by Vicini's group. And she ends up jumping off the boat and into the water where there's these shrieking eels. But as this is happening, Inigo Montoya keeps seeing a boat behind them that is catching up to them. And this scene was actually done in a tank where, they're u- where they used forced perspective to create the illusion <laughs> that the boat was gaining on them. Wow. Nice. Nice work. Yeah. So next we have the Cliffs of Insanity. Oh, no. <laughs> so this scene is actually done using a combination of a matte painting, a soundstage for close-ups when they climb, <laughs> And then the actual cliffs of Moor in Ireland. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. So they're cool. as they're climbing this rope to get to the top. <laughs> right. So this is the part where the three men have the princess and they're being pursued and they don't know who's chasing them. And they have to climb. So Andre the Giant is carrying three people Which, on wow. his back. And he's literally just climbing up this rope, gym class style. Yeah. And (laughs) I don't know how Vassini is not getting crushed. (laughs) And that's that's the scene. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. But I wonder if Andre the Giant could have done that. IRL. How many people? I mean, maybe he couldn't have lifted his own weight because he was massive. (laughs) But but. Maybe he was strong enough to lift himself and more people. It would have been interesting. Yeah. What's it? Um, Vassini yelling at him. He's gaining on us. He's, <laughs> yeah. Well, I have three people. <laughs> he only has himself. <laughs> like, like, of course he's going to be gaining. <laughs> All right. So the dual sequence. This is when Wesley and Inigo are fighting because uh, while well, Vassini wants Inigo to kill the man in black right the man in black has now which who is wesley yes um, <laughs> is now uh there at the he, he climbed the cliffs he made it to the top and uh, he has to face the three men individually and it starts with an ego mm-hmm. and so they do this amazing sword fighting scene and not only is this an awesome scene to watch because you have Inigo Montoya and the man in black fighting, but also because in all the sword fighting shots, it's the actual actors, Carrie Elwes and Aww. Mandy Patinkin. The only instances it was stunt doubles is when they do their flips or jumps. <laughs> yeah. Anytime there was downtime on set, these two would practice. So... <laughs> Nice. Is that awesome? The, yeah. This scene's amazing because of the witty banter while they're sword fighting. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part of the whole thing. This is we also get we get Anigo's entire backstory in this scene. Oh yeah. So it's a pretty complicated and well-written moment in the movie. There's lots of little digs, you know. You seem a decent fellow, I hate to kill you. You seem a decent fellow, I hate to die. <laughs> So next we have the Battle of Wits scene. This is where Vicini, the leader of the group, is finally facing the man in black. Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn plays Vicini. Such a a great actor there. And Vicini's character says, you fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a (laughs) land war in Asia. But only slightly less well-known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. 
Now that that itself is a fairly famous famous line right there. But mm-hmm. um, a little a little known fact is that this was a small jab at the Vietnam War. Oh, because of never getting in war with a, a land war in Asia. Yes. So a little little tidbit there for that scene. But they, they did a great job in, in that scene, too. Yeah, the, this the is... The banter between them. I love this part with the Iocane powder. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, this this fun little trickster switching of the cups scene. And it's it, it's adorable, you know. Look over there, you know. And he switches the cups. And they both look every time. And... <laughs> oh, could you imagine being Buttercup in that situation, just listening to what was happening? Next, we have the fire swamp. The fire swamp was actually the most expensive because it was a whole set set up just just for this scene. Yeah. And when her dress caught on fire, even Aww. though it, even though he knew it was going to happen, William Goldman screamed, her dress was on fire! Aww. Her dress is on fire! Oh my gosh. He's so worried about he her. He was, <laughs> even though he knew it was going to happen. Right. When her dress caught on fire, he just couldn't help it. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. I, that would be so great to see your own story do that and still have that reaction, being able to see it for the first time with everybody. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Also, they used a matte painting for when they, before Wesley and Buttercup enter into the, the swamp, they show these like two mountain type things on each side and then in the middle it's actually a matte painting of trees oh yeah so they used matte paintings in a couple different scenes really nice very nice yeah and there was always a discussion about how much blood there should be you need it to be good for adults and for kids so there was a lot of talk before shooting the swamp scenes about this because if you remember when wesley gets bitten by an rous a rodent of unusual size (laughs) He has blood. <laughs> is that what it goes by in the fandom? Uh, R-O-U-S-ses. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we shall refer to it as that okay. now. <laughs> but so they they constantly had to talk about what's appropriate for kids and adults. Like, how can you kind of merge the kids and adults? Yeah, you have to. It, there has to be enough damage for it to make sense that he got hurt, but you don't want to, like, show bone or something yeah. crazy like that. you don't like want to scare the you don't kids want to so make, much. Yeah, you don't want to make the movie rated R all of right. a sudden. Which, talking about the R.O.U.S.'s, their voices were actually done by Rob Reiner with added technical changes to it. Oh, very nice. Yes. And then one of the guys in the rat suits had been pulled over and booked, and so when they were shooting, they had to go and get him out to be able to shoot the scene. <laughs> yeah. What? Go. He got pulled over by a cop? Yes. Yes. <laughs> on the way on the way on the way to shooting. Into shooting. Way and to so go. they had to stop and go get him out of prison yes. or out of jail. All right. To be able f- to finish shooting. They didn't scene. just replace the guy. No. They okay. <laughs> they specifically maybe, had maybe to that go would and take get him. more time. <laughs> I mean, unless you had like the perfect guy just on set. Yeah. Would yes. fit in the suit or whatever, then yeah, you kind of because they it. talked about how they had two different guys. One guy was really good at like being in there and being like the sniffing slow yeah. rat, and then they had another guy who could like run really fast in it. Right. Okay. I so it was a good balance. Was the running guy the guy who got pulled over? He's just <laughs> well, he's I really know, good at going actually. fast. He's so, go yeah. Fast. yeah, you're right. Probably then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Then after the fire swamp, when they come out, Christopher Guest, who plays... Six-fingered man. Six-fingered man. Yes, thank you. Uh, he actually does hit Carrie Elwes on the head. So they ended up having to stop shooting and take him to the hospital. <laughs> oh, no. So in that scene where, yeah, he clobbers him on the He's... head with the, the pommel of the sword. Yeah, yeah that, that's actually... He actually got knocked out. They kind of had to cut like really quick oh. to black <laughs> i noticed they reason. cut that so quick yeah, okay that's that's why <laughs> <clears throat> oh no poor poor carrie elwes oh my gosh <laughs> what, a, what a son of a bitch they they said that carrie elwes was like no go ahead hit me do it do it yeah you know? and oh, no. so he did and 
Oops. Maybe maybe he thought it was a fake sword, or, <laughs> or at least the pommel would be like foam or something. Or maybe yeah. he thought Christopher Guest wouldn't like kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but Christopher Guest really gets into his, his method, roles, man. So, yeah, boy. <laughs> he gets lost in his role. <laughs> they made him chop off one of his fingers. Or, I'm sorry, they had to add, add one of his fingers. Got a mechanical yeah, he one. He had a, a six finger <laughs> Yeah. So the marriage scene. <laughs> All right. I like that it's written like that here. Yes. That's I, very satisfying. How can you not? Right? This scene, the famous one where the presider or priest yeah, of the ceremony yes, uh, is, is marrying Prince Humperdinck and Buttercup. The way that he talks is hilarious. And it... <laughs> Actually came from a very famous Chicago rabbi that Goldman could not remember the name of. He was, when he was a little boy, he was at a wedding. And he got the giggles because the rabbi said, a dweem within a dweem. (laughs) (laughs) And that is where he got the idea to have this kind of talk. (laughs) So now we move on to another famous line, Inigo Montoya's, that... I hear it everywhere. I've never heard this before. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> You've even seen it a couple of times. Wow. Yeah, you just always... Which, which Inigo Montoya line are they talking about? I, I don't you know. You always look away whenever he says I it. I plug my ears. That's, that's yeah. when you go to the bathroom? That's your bathroom Yeah, that's scene. it. That's it. Yeah. yeah, very fast bathroom breaks. <laughs> so, the Inigo Montoya, he... That famous line, Mandy Patinkin... He didn't actually think this line would be as big as it is today. But the line at the time at least did strike a chord with Mandy because he had lost his father to cancer. So in that final scene when he kills Count Rugen, it's like he was killing the cancer that got his dad. Yeah. So it was very emotional for him in that he brought from his own life. Yeah. But also I think it would be very therapeutic kind of like a you know a chance for him to confront something you know something that you can't ever actually kill you know but you can feel you could feel like you did some kind of feeling of closure or or some kind of redemption or Mm -hmm. something like that yeah i want my father back you son of a bitch Mm -hmm. yeah you know i mean it's perfect it goes yeah yeah. for anything (laughs) so the ending credits we're not typical of the time, really. It was kind of an older style. But Reiner thought that with this kind of movie, it was the best kind of credits to go along with th- that particular movie. Mm-hmm. And it's what they called curtain call credits, where they would show a clip from the movie with the actor and then a close-up with their name credit and their character name. I actually love these credits. Yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, it was actually really cool to see these because then I learned the name of the actors. Yeah, it was much easier to put a face to the mm-hmm. name. I agree. Yeah, I actually, I, I love the cheesiness too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of something they would do at the beginning of a sitcom or something uh-huh. while the theme song is playing. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get a, a goofy thumbs up to the camera or something like that. <laughs> But Everywhere you look. Exactly what I was thinking, too. <laughs> but but in this case, being at the end of the movie, yeah, it, you just got to experience this whole thing. You had a great time, and now you get to really see who made it happen in it. I'm glad they did it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very satisfying, and it's different. There, there are, like, yeah. no other movies that do that. And I would never, when I was a kid, I would never would have known that Billy Crystal was in the movie or, you know, any mm-hmm. of that stuff. I, I wanted to know who all the actors were. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, the only other movie that I know of that did something like that was, like, didn't they do that at the end of Endgame? Yeah, they did. Oh, they, they did. showed all yeah. the main Avengers mm-hmm. like that, and... I mean, while it was cool, they were taking it much more seriously. Like, it was. this <laughs> is Chris Evans, and this yeah. is Scarlett Johansson, and this is Robert Downey Jr. It's like, it wasn't as satirical. The greatest yeah. human beings exactly. of all time. Exactly. They took it very Say seriously. Say your goodbyes. In, in case this is you, the end. Yeah. This is the end, except it's not. In case you forgot them from all these other movies from that the they were in. 10 years of movies. So talking of starring, we have Carrie Elwes as Wesley at and the man of black and it was his idea to actually have that little mustache when he <laughs> when he's the man in black 
pretty great little touch there. Yeah, it's his oh it's his Kent Clark glasses, you know? Clark, <laughs> Clark Kent. Clark. Clark Kent. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. His Clark Kent comma Clark. <laughs> Clark Kent glasses, guys. First of all, yes. Carrie Ellis hilarious. Yes. I love yeah. him. Um also in Robin Hood Men in Tights, That's which right. is another hilarious yes. movie. I love him when he's in psych. There's mm-hmm. mo- lots of episodes where he's been in Psych before, and that's a lot of fun. Not as comedic. He was in Stranger Things this past this past season. Yeah, <laughs> he was very good at being very handsome, but also <laughs> having the comical and very good timing for comedy. So. Yeah, being able to kind of poke fun. Yes. Yeah, we talked about it in a previous episode. I can't remember when we talked about it. We talked about Zac Efron kind of being like this mm-hmm. unrealistically gorgeous person who is like able to laugh at themselves mm-hmm. in ways. And it's like yeah. a good, it's like a really good comedic thing when when you have both of those aspects because you can play certain jokes in a way that doesn't always work yeah but it works for for characters like this so yeah yeah next we have robin wright as buttercup yeah she was in wonder woman in case yeah she was very beautiful in all the audio commentary (laughs) of all these things that i watched they all called her so beautiful oh, and the, she she was behind yeah. the scenes yeah stuff. all the behind the scenes nice. and uh they were a little sad that she didn't do more with her career like didn't go on as much as they thought she would but mm-hmm. you know she's well, still an awesome person i mean you, so. you do a movie like this and you're like nailed it <laughs> i did it uh, i made it did you see did you see the first one that i did <laughs> just rewatch that one yeah uh, Mandy Patinkin is an ego Montoya. You killed my father. Sorry, habit. Uh. <laughs> we talked a little bit about Mandy Patinkin in the beginning, but yeah, he. I know that my dad had a Broadway tape when I was a kid, and he was on there, mm-hmm. so we'd listen to him sing on Broadway. Mm-hmm. So he's a pretty good singer. Yeah, and then he did Criminal Minds later on mm-hmm. before he left the show. Yeah. And they talk about him and how I met your mother and say that all all the women love Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. yeah. All you have to do is whisper his name. And all of a sudden, all the women start coming. All the older women start coming. <laughs> <laughs> we heard Mandy Patinkin was here. <laughs> Hell, if I heard that, I'd be like, yeah, I want to go get an autograph I'd or like something. I'd like to meet him. Yeah, yeah I want to say be, hi. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> then we have Wallace Shawn as Vecini. Yes. The Iacane powder scene was the first one shot with Wally Sean. He was convinced after that first day that they were going to fire him, but Reiner loved his performance. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Yeah. I think yeah. that's his best scene in the movie. I, yeah. Right? Well, it's one of them. No yeah. more rhymes, I mean it is one of my favorite <laughs> parts of the movie. I, <laughs> I think it was just because it was his hardest scene, yeah. and they shot it first. And so he was he was really yeah, worried yeah, about his performance. He's and... a really good character actor. We talked <laughs> about how he was Rex in Toy Story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then Andre the Giant as Fezzik. He didn't really read, so Rob Reiner actually recorded his lines on a tape so that Andre could memorize them that way. That was nice of him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a nice thing to do. Yeah. And addressing your question earlier about whether or not he could carry a bunch of people, oh. he actually would not have been able to because his back was not in very good condition. Oh, which made scenes like where he fights the man in black and catching the pretty lady very difficult. They had to have doubles, boards, and rigs to help with the weight. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know that Under the Giant had he died pretty young yeah i think only at 46 or something yeah then we have billy crystal as miracle max <laughs> he did such a good job with the makeup in this scene yeah mm-hmm. and uh, he's really uh, not very recognizable i think they did a they did a really good mm-hmm. job he ad-libbed so many of these lines really yeah the, the mutton lettuce and tomato and so they nice kind of just mlt with the muttons nice and lean <laughs> they just kind of <laughs> let him run free and with a guy like billy crystal i mean you kind of just have to <laughs> yeah they they had like 
Or if they had like two hours of that scene <laughs> shot, yes. they had to pick like the best, the best pieces. <laughs> they probably did. I mean, yeah, probably a lot more than than what's in the movie. If there's like a director cut, he just could, he just rambles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we all know who Billy Crystal is. Mike Wazowski from Monsters Inc. I mean, I'm- oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> He's in City Slickers. When Harry Met Sally. That's a good one. <laughs> Which is also, I believe, another Rob Reiner. It is. With another famous line in it. I'll have what she's having. I'll have having. what she's having. There's a couple famous ones, but I think <laughs> but that's, that's the most one of the famous biggest, yeah. from When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Which I, I believe is what, it was Rob Reiner's mom who said that line. And then Carol Kane as Valerie, Miracle Max's wife. <laughs> I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. <laughs> <laughs> So good. What's she? the difference? <laughs> I'm so She's I, got, oh. I got the worst look just now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. She has been doing really well lately. She's been in a lot of stuff. She mm-hmm. was in Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. And she is now in Hunters on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. She's what does a wonderful job in that. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And she was obviously a pretty well-known comedian. I didn't know who she was. Yeah, My parents would always say, oh, Carol Kane. <laughs> they always seem to know who she was. <laughs> and it took hours, apparently, to get her in that makeup. So they were like, as soon as she was in it, she pretty much had to take it off and go home. <laughs> so, <laughs> And we have Chris Sarandon as Prince Humperdinck. No one likes Prince Humperdinck. No. Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. <laughs> I mean, f- I mean, credit to the actor, did a great job. You know, played the played the part of somebody that's easy to hate. Yeah. yeah. But, ugh, Prince Humperdinck. Uh, next is Christopher Guest as Count Rugen. Or the Six-Fingered Man. Yes, or the mm-hmm. Six-Fingered he is such a good job in this. He, do, he does such a good job. Yeah. I, I feel like I was legit scared of him a little bit in, in the um, pit of despair because, yeah. man, he, whew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love they did this really cute thing in the movie where they have characters reading the story. So when Wesley dies... And then, you know, they cut to the little boy, and he says, mm-hmm. well, he's not really dead, right? That's exactly how everybody in the audience <laughs> feels exactly. at that moment. Because I, I remember being a kid, like, well, that's not, he's not actually dead. I mean, he can't, can't be. That can't yeah. actually, what? Yeah, he can't actually be dead. <laughs> what? That's, that's dumb. <laughs> One of my favorite lines, I think, of his, though, is... Uh, well, if you haven't got your health, you haven't got anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and that, that's when he was telling uh, Prince Humperdinck to, to, you know, go and, you know, take care of everything go, you need to yeah, take, go care, take of. care of yourself. You know, go, go make sure that you are blaming Gilder right. for this and, you know, kill your kill your wife yeah. and all that fun stuff. Got so. a wedding to plan, a wife to murder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm hmm. <laughs> and then we have little Fred Savage as the grandson. Oh, oh. what a cutie. So oh, cute. he is so cute. So <laughs> so Fred Savage at this time, I think he was in the Wonder Years. I, and yeah, he's Ben Savage's older brother. Ben Savage yeah. is on Boy Meets World. He directs a lot. He's mostly a director. And I he was in Friends from College on Netflix. That was something mm-hmm. that he was in. And then finally, we have Peter Falk as the grandfather. Oh, yeah. So if you ever seen The Great Race, he plays Max in The Great Race. Peter Falk does. does, And he also is in Columbo. He's Columbo. So. Yeah. One more thing. Okay. So this movie, it, the estimated budget when it came out was $16 million. Wow. And they weren't sure how to sell it when it came out to theaters because it has so many different genres in it. I mean, you can't really just classify it as like a romantic movie or just an action movie. It's kind of just 
pulls and takes from all these different things. They weren't sure how to get the word out there for it. And so the opening weekend was only about $206,000. And the gross in the USA was almost $31 million. So overall, the film did okay in sales. But it really, it really hit its stride when it came onto home video. And it took off like a rocket. Absolutely. I, I really believe that. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like something that really surged in popularity later on. Yeah, like once everybody knew about it. Like, oh, yeah, have you seen this? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's on VHS now. <laughs> Go get it. <laughs> Go get it. It's on VHS. <laughs> You'll love it. You'll oh, love my gosh. It. So, yeah, um, do you guys, how do you guys feel about the movie? Marcy, you know, you said you really like it. Is, oh, or, yeah. So, this movie, I was introduced to later than Robin was. <laughs> um, Why is that course. always? <laughs> always the case. It's <laughs> every even, time. But this time, though, she didn't actually, I don't think she actually introduced it to me. We were at a youth group. And they decided to play this movie. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> takes you back, right? I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that night because, Marcy, you weren't allowed to go to many things. Mm-mm, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> but youth group was one of them. <laughs> it was one of those, like, it'll make you a good person. So, okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we sat together and... And we watched it, and I was like, it opened my whole world. I was like, oh, my gosh. Life-changing. <laughs> what? You can do that? This exists? <laughs> I, yeah, I do remember. I knew you'd be excited to see it, like you would like it. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I totally forgot that we saw it at youth group. Oh, yeah, boy. Yep. <laughs> so I did see it with Robin. But yeah, I fell in love with it, and I had a crush on Wesley, and no. uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, the swashbuckling guy. How can As you not? You, you know. But the other reason I love this movie is because there's so many good quotes from it. You can quote so many different lines from it. Mm-hmm. Anything you can imagine, it's there. Yeah, similar to our Monty Python episode, where so many things I had heard before even knowing what it was. Is like this movie too. I've heard plenty of quotes and, and bits from it, even from you guys, that I had no idea what it was from until finally seeing the movie. Yep, <laughs> exactly. What's your favorite part? Oh, I want to just say the whole movie. That's my favorite scene. The whole movie is my mm-hmm. favorite scene because there's just so much. Yeah, it's so hard to just pick apart. And it pick goes one, from one thing one right thing. to the next every time. It, it mm-hmm. does. There's so many funny little bits in it and. St- they're so seamless. <laughs> the <laughs> the stuff on the boat is really funny. Yes. And I yeah, the actors were absolutely perfect for their roles. They picked the exactly exactly the right people. They did. To play the roles in the movie. Adam, what about you? <laughs> well, I we mentioned it all the way back um in our second chances episode because it would have been my second choice for my second chance. Because I had a bit of an interesting story with this movie. It took me until college to see it, I think. Um, it was either college or very late high school, but yeah. I think it was college. Anyway, you guys wanted to show it to me, and I was just, I guess, in a very bad mood that day. Uh, I don't, I don't have an excuse <laughs> for it and I don't want to pretend that I do when I first saw it I was just like this movie sucks I know I remember I can see the sets it looks so cheap <laughs> yep that was my whole thing you, it was just and like it wasn't I did just that day you said it for like months yeah. afterward about yeah. how bad you would you just went going went on and on about how bad the movie was yeah I just didn't mm-hmm. I didn't like it the you first time for some reason it. yeah I didn't get it I guess <laughs> Yeah, it I, honestly, was... honestly, I think if I had watched it, like, even the very next day, my opinion would have changed. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do honestly think that I was just not in the right mindset that <laughs> yeah. day. And then it just yeah. persisted because I was tired of people telling me about the movie, maybe. I, something like that. And I remember you, you watched it again. And, it, and my vision was completely different the mm-hmm. second time. We watched it yeah. again. And, and I was like, this doesn't look cheap. I, what was I thinking? 
Like it doesn't look cheap. I'm laughing at all the jokes. I don't know. I yeah. just it's I, so weird. And looking back, I'm like, yes, this movie's great. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's hilarious, and there's so many good things about it. Not it's great action for for the bits that there are, you know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just. Yeah. I really like it. I don't. I, I have no. I cannot fathom why <laughs> okay, I hated forget. it yeah, so we, much. We forget I really, time. I really do believe you have to be in a right mood for especially certain movies. I suppose. But yeah. I mean, you know, you you just yeah. But yeah, that's why it would have been my second my second chance because I gave it a second chance and was like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. But for some reason, oh boy. <laughs> I my favorite memory of this movie though is when when I was. Uh, I think I was 16, 15, 16 years old. My grandmother, who was incredibly religious, so religious, like (laughs) red phone to God. And she came over for my birthday and accidentally bought me an R-rated movie for my birthday. Oh, my. And uh, she was, this is, okay, sorry. This is how religious she was. She brought it in a Victoria's Secret bag. She was reusing the bag, but she put stickers over the Victoria's Secret <laughs> logo Aww. because she didn't want me to see the Victoria's Secret logo on the bag. Aww. Well, that's lingerie, and Robin. She, and the movie <laughs> was rated R. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the movie was. Oh, it, man. It was, I know, it was a woman wearing a very short skirt some sort of secretary and a guy without a shirt on the cover. It was like, wow. it, it didn't, Interesting. yeah. And uh. I looked at it and I saw the back on the bottom. It said R. And I thought, okay, all right. I'm not going to say anything. And then my grandma said, let's watch it. Oh, no. I didn't want to watch it with her. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what we'd be getting into. But you knew it wouldn't be what she I, would want. I did not want to watch that with my grandma. <laughs> she would maybe rip it out of the thing and snap it in half. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. So she said, let's watch it. And I said, we can't. And she said, why not? And I said, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is the same day she gave same it to you? Same day. She gave it to oh me my. like an hour before that, maybe. Yeah. And she you lost it. I said, yeah, I, I don't know where I put it. Grandma was like, she's gonna hurt. She's, How did you lose it so quickly? And I said, I-, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. I put it down in my room and I just can't find it. So I guess we oh. can't watch it. And my sister Rachel kind of stepped in and said, you know, Grandma, have you ever seen The Princess Bride? <laughs> and Grandma was like, no, I've never seen this. Said, Let's watch princess bride so we sat down and we watched nice. that Aww. and i remember she totally <sighs> forgot about it and she that scene at the end when he says you know from the beginning of time there's been five greatest kisses yeah. she laughed and laughed she thought that was the funniest thing <laughs> she didn't laugh a lot during the movie but she thought that was so ridiculous yeah. <laughs> but she loved the movie Aww. and i remember my mom finally my mom came home and um, I told my mom about it. My mom yeah. went, you know, my mom told her. She was like, hey, mom, was, you know, she, Robin didn't lose the movie. She was just afraid to watch it with you. And, and so my grandma felt bad. But it was, uh, you know, it, it was, but yeah. uh-huh. you know, I just didn't want to, you know, I didn't know what to do. Oh, yeah. Darn. What movie could it have been? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm <laughs> so but now I'm going to be searching all the time with <laughs> yeah. the DVD racks. Right. So I'm glad I have that memory of her, you know, it's very, very sweet yeah. it's a nice it's a nice memory to have with that movie and it's one of my dad's favorite movies and so i think this is a really good movie to watch with your family mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. which i this past year was very lucky to watch it with my sister my sister had not seen it she knew this was one of my uh-huh. favorite movies for a long time but she got it mixed up with the princess diaries thinking <laughs> it was the princess diaries uh-huh. and she was, so she never watched it but she saw that they were playing it in downtown Columbus, and she was like, hey, you want to go see it? So we went and saw it in a nice outdoor mm-hmm. setting with wow. a big screen, and she loved it. Yeah, Shelly. Hey, Shelly. <laughs> she listens, too. So uh, yeah. thank you for bringing, to me that, bringing me to that, and uh, we had a great time. So Yeah. That's yeah. great. So now, Adam, you have to show it to somebody. Well, you know, I... 
I I might be hard pressed to find somebody who hasn't seen it. I'm sure there's somebody. I'll yeah, find there's somebody. Gotta be. Is somebody anybody out there? Or... Does anybody want to watch Princess Bride with Adam? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on over. <laughs> yeah, in the Central Ohio area. <laughs> <laughs> and then um and then we'll watch Godzilla after that. Nice. Nice. All right, I think this is a case closed. Woo! Hooray. All right. So you can find us at blackcasediaries.com. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash blackcasediaries. You can also find that through our website if you don't want to plug that in. You can find us on Twitter at blackcasediary. And you can find us on Instagram at blackcasediaries. And... Podcast podcast sorry black case <laughs> on Day. instagram is black case diaries oh. podcast instagram at black case diaries podcast and we have a new announcement for tonight everybody ready ah! we have a red bubble shop yay hooray yay! hooray, hooray! hooray! <laughs> hooray! <laughs> so if you want to check that out at I oh. thought you had it up. Redbubble.com slash people slash Black Case Diary. It'll also be linked on our website. So it sure will. Yes. So you could just go check that out. It's going to be on the front page. Woo, woo, woo. And, and also you can click the little store tab at the top if you if you get lost. But, yeah, go yeah. check out some cool, cool merch. Yeah. So if you like our podcast please maybe subscribe to it. And if you want to leave us a review, you can. We appreciate it. Yeah, we yeah. thought it'd be nice to read a review that we got recently from from a, a dear listener of ours named JD. We, we we are familiar with JD. He talks to us on Twitter a lot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Shout out. Thank We're big you. fans of you, man. Yes. <laughs> this was his review. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Gotta be clear and crisp. <laughs> I absolutely love this podcast. Aw. thanks. Honestly, it's like they're inside my head when picking topics. We are. <laughs> Turn around. <laughs> there we are. I rented da- Dragonheart every week growing up. I constantly have movie scores playing while I work. I know the words to every song and dozens of musicals, and I've watched through The Last Airbender a half dozen times. Same. Yeah, man. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> don't don't talk to me until you get to a full dozen. <laughs> Just kidding. Wow. I only discovered the podcast a week ago, and I've been flying through them ever since. Keep making more great content. I will be listening intently each week. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? It that is. is. Thank you. What a wonderful little review. Thank you so much. We appreciate that very yeah. much. It means a lot to us. Yeah. It we it does. Oh. <laughs> but if you don't feel like leaving a review, you can always tell a friend. You can always tell a friend. That would about be lovely us. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So thank you so thank much. You. Thank you so much. And good night. Bye. Bye. Grandpa. Maybe you could come over and read it again to me tomorrow. As you wish.